Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. No! 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 
I started out the show like this today to show you that not every 911 call is a standard one. This one, you couldn't really understand what was going on. Without the screams, most 911 dispatchers would have likely thought this was a pocket dial. But there were screams. It was obvious the caller was in distress, but what kind of distress? Through the mind of a dispatcher, what do you think you were hearing? Could that be someone having a medical issue? A panic attack? Chest pain? Allergic reaction? Some sort of a severe pain all over? Or could it be a crime taking place? A burglary? Or home invasion robbery? Domestic violence? Really could be anything. That did sound like a gunshot around 45 seconds in the call itself, though, with some muffled screams after it. They hung up, but luckily they called back. Let's listen in. 911, where's your emergency? 911, look. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Bye. 
This call starts in silence. Unfortunately, a 911 dispatcher can hear calls just like this that start in silence every day. We aren't sure why some of the calls are like this. When they call back in, the caller gets a different dispatcher. But once the call gets going, we can tell something is wrong. A lot of people may criticize the 911 operators on these calls just simply because they didn't say too much. And that is true. But it seemed pretty apparent to me and likely to any other 911 dispatcher that this person that was on the phone, they weren't going to say anything. They just had the call going in the background, maybe in their pocket, maybe they just had it in their hand, not exactly sure of that. The first 911 call taker did make several attempts to try to get attention to the caller, but it just wasn't working. The second 911 dispatcher made a first attempt and then kind of stopped midway through because I, I would imagine, I'm just kind of speculating here, that he recognized the, the phone number from the other call and just kind of sat back and was waiting for 
any type of info that, that might be heard or that he could pass along to the responders out on the scene or that were going to the scene at the time. I've done the same thing myself on several calls. Once you figure out that you just have to sit there and listen, that's, that's what you do. You just sit there and listen and hope that you can get some information that way because it's pretty obvious no one's going to come to the phone and actually respond to what you're saying to them. Then you hear a female say, put the gun down. Says it several times, over and over. Put the gun down. Please put the gun down. Help me. Help me. Why are you doing this? Put the gun down. She says all this numerous times. This call, it's pretty obvious, isn't a medical call. Not at first, anyway. Then you hear her say, stop it, Gary. Then a gunshot. Then her screams. Repeated screams. Her screaming, he shot me. Luckily, seconds after she was shot, the police show up. They were en route the whole time. They start to gather information and render aid to the victim, or at least as much as they could before the rest happens. This all occurred on New Year's Day, 2018, in Edgewater, Florida. The suspect, Gary Johns, who at the time was 65 years old, was thought by his daughter to have some sort of mental issues. If he's waving a gun around at his own family, then yes, he likely has some sort of mental issues. Also complicated by alcohol, from what the police say. He terrorized his wife, as we heard on the tapes, for several minutes before the shooting. And then he ended up shooting her in the chest. She then, while screaming, in obvious pain and panic, ran from the house through the garage. What wasn't known by either of them was that the police had set up a perimeter around the house. The first officer actually showed up very quickly. That officer was only a few blocks away, but even while on the scene that quickly, a single officer is not going to go by themselves into a scene like this. They'll stage and wait for backup, and from the call itself, which is all they really had to go on, the most they can say is that there may be someone inside with a gun, and they're not even actually exactly sure of the address. 911 calls from cell phones aren't exact on their location, as discussed on here before. The technology is much better than it once was, and in this case it seemed to be exact, but that's not always the case. They can't just simply bust into somebody's house because of the initial bits of the call. And by the time the victim is shot, the police are already there in various positions outside. And the victim is running outside mere seconds after the actual shooting happened. Luckily, again, we have the body-worn camera footage. The video itself isn't clear. It's pretty dark outside. But the audio matches and actually adds to, the, to what happened in the 911 call before and after she hangs up for the last time. Let's hear that bit. I amplified some of that just to kind of get the background noise that you heard in the 911 call 
come through on that because it was pretty pretty quiet in the background there's another angle i'll do the same on it's pretty much the same thing but just to kind of give you a different angle from it i'll go ahead and let you listen to that as well Both Gary and his wife were transported to the hospital after this incident. Gary was shot several times by the police. Luckily, his wife survived the attack. She was shot in the chest, but it was considered to be non-life-threatening at this point. Gary didn't make it. He apparently came out of the house and pointed his gun at police. And that's when police opened fire after telling him to put the gun down, and he simply didn't. The Edgewater chief of police was interviewed by the local news about this, and here's what he had to say. Actress Catherine Heigl, a passionate animal advocate, who has saved over 16,000 dogs, says she's been seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. She believes there's a link between canine health and diet. After extensive research, she developed Superfood Complete, a dog food pack with over 30 wholesome ingredients, including superfoods beneficial for your furry friend. Superfood Complete isn't just about deliciousness, though dogs love the taste. It's about supporting overall well-being. In addition to providing a healthy option for your pet, Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, also supports the Jason DeBus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue countless dogs and find them loving homes. Dogs across America are trying this food and loving it. Go to badlandsranch.com mc901 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to badlandsranch.com slash mc911 today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Two of our officers were forced to engage in armed subject with lethal, lethal force. As you can hear on the body-worn camera video, the sergeant ordered Johns to drop the gun while Mrs. Johns is screaming in a panic running from her husband. As always, FDLE is investigating the shooting and this process can take up to several months to complete. From what I've been told and have seen, there is every reason to believe the officers were justified in acting within the scope of the law. At this time, we have not established a motive for Gary John's actions. We do believe alcohol was a factor. 
The officers involved in the shooting last night are Sergeant Adam Burroughs. He's been working as a police officer with the city since May of 2012. And canine officer Sammy Epitropoulos, who has been with us since June of 2014. The officers did what they are trained to do, and I have no doubt their actions saved a life last night. They are home with their families on administrative leave, which is common for these types of events. Both officers were cleared of any wrongdoing on this. No charges were filed against them. They were justified in the shooting. And before we get on to our next call here that we're going to review, wanted to share a little bit of love with a newer podcast that's out there, stolen from me. Have a listen to this uh, trailer. It's pretty cool. Welcome to my true crime podcast, Stolen From Me. Every week we will cover a different case, from the notorious Ian Huntley to the gruesome Ed Gain. You can follow me for more episodes and news on my Twitter page, at Stolen From Me Pod. I got into true crime from an early age. I was around eight years old at the time, and at school we had to write for someone famous. Everybody decided to write to the Queen, but I didn't want to do that. So I decided I was going to write to the Cray Twins. This didn't go down well, but it did escalate in my fascination of true crime. Thank you for being a part of my podcast. Please leave a five-star review, like and subscribe. And see you in the next episode. All right, and these next calls we have are actually a series of calls, kind of related to the last one, not exactly in any realm other than one specific aspect that I won't go over now. You'll just kind of figure it out when it happens. So we'll start off with the first clip and go from there. 911, what is the address of your emergency? Uh, 8180 Eating Street at AMF Cleanup. Um, this is not, uh, this is um, with an ongoing investigation case. I'm reporting that I was looking at our camera systems at our property, and in fact, our Dodge Ram Julie has been stolen. It looks like it's a Hispanic male with a bald head, uh, long baggy jeans, and a black T-shirt. I don't want to say this is a standard call, but this is something we get quite often. The way that security cameras are now with the with them being able to be hooked up to the internet, you can look at security camera footage through your phone, get notifications when you see some motion or anything like that. It's pretty advanced now, and it's helping a lot with uh, catching these criminals doing this stuff. So this one is a guy who stole a company truck. That actually does happen quite a bit. A lot of places, businesses, things like that, they will have their company vehicles just sitting out there and nobody's at the facility overnight. Or sometimes during the day, like on the weekends. This one looked like it was during the day when it actually happened, and I guess everybody was out of the office for whatever reason, maybe a weekend, I'm not sure. But he managed to take off in a vehicle. Sometimes these companies, unfortunately, leave the keys in the vehicle. I'm not sure if this is the case on this one, but the vehicle was taken pretty easily, it looked like. On to the next call. 911, what is the address of your emergency? Yeah, it's in road 3523. Full of this in Mexico. And tell me exactly what happened. Uh, I was robbed. Somebody was in my house. And sir, did he have any weapons or anything? Did he harm he you? Said he, he said he had a knife. I thought I was going to get shot. 
I can see he came in through uh, my window in the front. He kicked the screen out of my window in the front here, and he busted my front door to get out. Okay. So we got a stolen car and then a burglary. Can't really tell from the 911 aspect of it, from dispatch anyway, if these two are related or not. Turns out they are, but we'll get into that later. In this burglary, somebody just came into a house. Sounds like the guy may have had a window open and the screen was up, but they removed the screen, the suspect removed the screen, and then came in through the house. Not really sure what happened while it was in the house, but he went outside to the, the house after that, and sounds like he kicked down the front door to get out instead of just turning the doorknob and leaving. So maybe some sort of mental issues, not sure yet. Let's go on to the next one. 911, what's the address of the emergency? Road 3523, Florida Vista, New Mexico. Well, this morning there's a truck uh, from AM, American Modern Fence, I believe, and he ran, he ran into my fence. So we're back to the stolen car again. This time he's ran the stolen car into someone's fence. I may have talked about some of the things in the past with stolen cars why people steal cars sometimes it's just a simple joy ride they want to have a car to drive around in because maybe they don't have a car or whatever it's not a justified reason but that's the reasoning for it most of the time though it's so they can commit other crimes if you're to drive up to a say a gas station and rob it and you're in your own car and your license plate gets on camera they'll know exactly who to come to so criminals will generally steal a car and then go on some sort of a crime spree after they have it with the notion in their head beforehand as they're stealing it that's the reason they're stealing the car so they can go on these other crime sprees robberies burglaries whatever like that likely that's what this guy was thinking as well so as it sits now guy stolen a car broke into a house so a burglary maybe more than that since the house is occupied uh not exactly sure what they you know wrecked on because of that one as far as the charge goes. But then after that had this guy wrecking into a fence with a stolen car. Didn't say in the call, granted, like I said, this is just a clip, whether or not the guy stayed there if he left. I imagine he left just from the next call. 911, what is the address of the emergency? Uh, the road 3000. Tell me exactly what happened. And this guy attacked my husband, and he's in a, a Dodge truck with a long trailer on it. He was headed towards Farmington on South Side. Now this fool is actually kicking it up a notch. The other crimes are likely nonviolent, but you know the burglary is kind of iffy. Not exactly sure what he did with that one, but now he has assaulted somebody, so it it is kicking it up a notch. Same guy on all these. Police kind of get wind of where he is, what kind of vehicle he is, kind of piecing everything together at this point. And here's some of the radio traffic from when they kind of catch up with him. 10 for all units. They're advising that the male jumped out of the vehicle with a long spear, about 18 inches long. All units update on that ATL. This is now upgraded to a code 2 aggravated battery, 1075. The suspect vehicle is now westbound on County Road 3000, again 3000. 
All units 10-3, be advised that the suspect dropped off a trailer at 3,000. The truck and trailer at 3,000 and stole his vehicle. Should be a black Nissan Special Edition. Vehicle should be an SUV. So following along with a little bit more of what he's doing, he's dumped that one vehicle that he stole and he's picked up another vehicle. So now he's stolen two cars. The calls continue. 911, what is the address of your emergency? Um, so someone tried to break into road 3000. When did this happen? Just now. They tried to break in. I got there. I lived three houses down. So my little brother was, was uh, in his room. And he broke down the window. Two stolen vehicles, two likely aggravated burglaries, an assault, who knows what else in there. Lots of stuff, and this is all in the, the course of, you know, a little bit over a day. So this dude was really kicking it up. Most people don't have this much activity in that short length of time. This dude did. So at this point, the police do find him. They start chasing him. Here's some of the dash cam uh, footage from that. We're going out into the desert here next to the oil field site and lost visual vehicle, but the owner of the house just flagged us down and pointed towards the direction that the suspect went. Two eleven, I saw a dark colored SUV turn westbound on thirty one seventy seven. So I'll pause it there just to kind of give you an update on what's going on. The audio you're hearing is actually from a mixture of the in-car camera and the body-worn camera. So you heard at the last part, he's bailing out. This is after they've been in a pursuit with him for about 10 minutes. It's been cut down, chopped into place to where it's, you know, just kind of the more important bits. He kind of got away from the police there for a little bit, but as I said, the homeowner of this pretty large property says he's gone back that way. And you could hear the officer saying he's going out in the desert. It, the, the, almost the whole time they're doing this, it's on the back like dirt roads and everything's just really dusty and gravelly and there's nothing on paved roads really at that point. And he does bail out. The officers, you can hear him take off running after the guy. And that's kind of where we're at now. I'll pick it back up there. In a bag in his hands. Yep. Right here. 
That noise. Let me see your hands. Get up. Get up. He's 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 diving under the water. And when he said diving under the water, at this point he's actually in an irrigation ditch. There's some water down there. He apparently jumped into it. They heard him moving around, saw where he was, and at that point he just started, you know, diving like a fish underneath the water and thought he could stay under. Hey, come here. Let me see your hands. Run, don't move. Get out. Oh, hands up. I got a gun in my hand. Don't move. You, you don't, don't move. You don't move. Do not move. He said he's got a gun. I got a gun. Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. You better get out of the water or you will be shot. I got a gun. You will be shot. Hands up! Show me your hands! Hands up! Let me see your hands! What's that? I see him. I can't see his hands though. Hands up! Hands up! Show me your hands! Let me see your hands! No! Put your hands up! Put the gun down! Let me see your hands! No! Get the f out of here. Nope, not happening. Dude, you will be shot. Let's go. Get your hands up. Hands up. He's going back. Going back. He's going back. He's going back. Let me see your hands now. No. Let me see your hands. You. Shoot me. Shoot your hands. Shoot me. I'm going to go around with him. Go ahead. I got Let's go! No! No! Let me see your hand! No! Hey, let me see your hand! Cut it out! Let's go! No! Let's go! Hands up! Hands up! Let me see your hand! No! Let's go! Now! You're gonna be shot! You have five seconds! One! One, two, three, four, hands! Let me see your hands! Get away! Get away! Let me see your hands! So while all this is going on, you can't really see it on their, their body cam footage, but what's essentially happening is he is halfway submerged in this drainage ditch underneath the water. He says he has a gun. He's got his hands underneath the water and he starts asking the cops to shoot him. The police that are there, they don't know if he has a gun or not. They never did see him with a gun. They don't know. They are drawing their guns on him. They have him surrounded. He's not going to go anywhere. But they don't know if he has a gun or what's going to happen at this point. But after giving him numerous, numerous commands to, you know, throw down the gun or get up, 
let me see your hands, all that kind of stuff. He's still not doing it. He does stand up while all the officers have moved to one side of the the drainage area, and he's still got his hands to where you can't see him behind his back. So he's kind of halfway standing at this point, still saying, shoot me. That's where we'll continue on. Zach, no! Call it, hurry up. Zach, no! At this point, he kind of makes a, a movement like he's going to try to draw a gun or something along that lines. And that's when the officer takes three shots at him, does hit him once in the chest. Radio right here, let me see your hands. Hands now. Hold on. Get. Don't get in that water. Hold on, dude. Hold on. Hold on, dude. Hold on. Not. Hands up. Hey, hands up. Place we can help you. Hands up. Hands are empty. Get him. At this point, they do enter the water because you can hear him hear them say there at the end, his hands are empty. So at that point, they go into the water. They don't find a gun on him. So the whole time he was kind of bluffing them, I guess, trying to make them shoot him. Suspect's name was Marco Benito, lived out of Albuquerque. He was 36 years old. They did pull him out of the water, tried to initiate some life-saving measures to, you know, various things, CPR, whatever they had to, to try to save his life. Medics arrived shortly after that but he did not make it. He had a warrant out of New Mexico for a failure to appear on a burglary with forced entry charge and an additional warrant out of Illinois for criminal damage to property. He had a lengthy criminal history, possession of a firearm by a felon, battery on a police officer, resisting arrest, burglary, larceny, and unlawful taking of a motor vehicle. He was also a member, apparently, of the 18th Street Gang in Albuquerque. And I was planning on that being the last call, but I kind of stumbled late in the evening onto another call, kind of looking around just because of the time of the year. We're right here at Christmas. Found kind of a kind of a cool call. I'll just play it and uh, put a little smile on your face. This is the Byron Police Department. We had a 911 hang-up from this number. Okay. I just had to tell you something. Um, watch for the rich, because the bush goes through Christmas, okay? Okay. Do you have any adults there with you? My mom's gone. How old are you? Uh, I, I put them, after I grow up, I'm going to be a police. You are. What's your name? Tyler Pittman. Tyler Pittman. I, I can call me. I can call me. If you want to? Cause I, I will help you. I'm too. I'm too fast. Oh, really? How old are you? Hello, my daddy for the cop. Um, tell you something. Now, boys, 
Yes, this is the Byron Police Department. We had several 911 hangups from this number. Boy, you been playing on the phone? Huh? Well, why, why the police department calling me this? I'm trying to see what. You're trying to see what? Sir? This thing, this. Man, I'm sorry. This is my son playing on the phone. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. He he called in saying that the Grinch was trying to steal his Christmas. So it's it's definitely been the most interesting thing that that's happened as far as nine one one hangups for me. I'm <laughs> sorry. Hey, the Grinch ain't gonna steal your Christmas, boy. You can stop watching cartoons so much. So, so y'all have a merry Christmas, okay? Thank you. And on that note, that'll about do it for tonight's episode. Be sure to come over to Facebook and like my page at Music City 911 Pod. Check out the podcast discussion group, Music City 911 Podcast Discussion. Get in, do some chatting with us. Also, like our pages on Instagram and Twitter, both at Music City 911. Drop us a nice uh, review on Apple, Spotify, any place like that that actually has a review. And consider donating a little bit over at patreon.com slash musiccity901. It definitely helps the show out some. And on a little side note, I can kind of see my work schedule lightening up just a little bit, so I'm keeping my fingers crossed that hopefully there can be some more frequent episodes that come out. Instead of once every couple of weeks or so, something like that, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, as I said, hopefully going to move to once a week at least now. So we'll see how that works out. Anyway, for Music City 911, hope you'll have a good one.